Hey y'all, and thanks for being here today for our very first official episode. In this interview, we got to speak with Pastor Bland from Thibodeau Family Church about the topic of Christians in politics. We loved getting to talk with him about this, and we think you will too. So without further ado, here it is. With their politics, because it's their belief system. That's why you have to go back and ask questions like, who are you as a human being? Because you're going to fight for something because of who you are. Hey guys, I'm Misty. And I'm Talia. And this is Lux in Tenebris. This is a place where we talk about things that affect our faith, family, and culture. So grab a cup of coffee and meet us back at the table. Thanks so much, Pastor Bland, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to meet and talk with us. Uh, Before we get right into our topic for today, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry for those who might not really know you? Yeah, well, I'm happy to be with all of you. Thank you so much. I'm honored to um, participate in this conversation. Of course, my name is Dwayne Bland. I pastor Thibodeau Family Church. We've been in the city for over 20 years now, and um, we started off many years ago as youth pastors in Chauvin. And when I say us, that's my wife and I. I'm married now for 37 years to my beautiful high school bride. She is now Rachel Bland. At one point, she was Rachel Poche, but she allowed me to catch her. So uh, she's now a Bland. So um, my girls were all, well, one of them was born at that time, and the other two were not in the world. But we started off as youth pastors in Chauvin. Um, You know, the Lord graced us that by the age of 25, we were the senior pastors there. And we, we had the honor of pastoring on the bayou for 10 years. And then um, we had a word that came to us from the Lord on a trip that we were on that he was opening Thibodeau to us. And that just seemed to be so far-fetched. So um, we told each other that we would put it on the shelf and just see if that was the word of the Lord or not. Well, apparently it was. And um, we started in Thibodeau with a small Bible study and it it grew. And then uh, we shared with that group our intentions since the Lord had kind of kissed it that we were going to move into trying to give birth to a a church. And the, uh, you know, not everybody wanted to be a part of a new church birth. So that group kind of dwindled down and, we started off um, years ago at the Howard Johnson's Hotel, spent a few months there, got our feet on the ground, vision in place, and then we shifted gears and moved to the rec building for a number of years while we were building our facility and, you know, made the transition from the rec center to Thibodeau uh, Family Church, our location on the North Canal Boulevard, and we've been uh, so honored to walk in this this light, walking the journey that the Lord has called us to. So here we are and, you know, enjoying life in the midst of a lot of chaos and crises. We still have hope that the promises of God are sure, just like they were many years ago. So uh, here we are. Okay, so we're going to just jump right in. And can you just tell us, like, how you got involved in politics? I don't know how involved I really am in politics, except I've learned this term that I've learned from one of my dear friends, Gene Mills with Louisiana Family Forum. And for 
many, many years, he would tell me and tell all the pastors, you need to learn how to lend your influence to the people in power. I couldn't comprehend within myself why that could, why anybody would ever want to hear from me. So I didn't do it. I just, I didn't get involved. I would go to Baton Rouge, felt out of place, felt like a peon in the halls of power. And then had to be just a, an awakening of heaven. Could be with my age, even though I'm not old, just more mature. <laughs> and I just, I just decided, you know what? Let me give this a go. Let's see where it takes me, if it takes me anywhere. So Gene called, I think it really began last year, actually at the beginning of this year. He okay. called me and he said, would you be interested in hosting a breakfast, a gathering of pastors that I could speak to about the upcoming legislative session? I said, absolutely. I mean, it's just what I like to do. It just, mm -hmm. it's, it's been part of my heartbeat. And, um, but then the question within myself was, but who can I invite? So I asked them, I said, well, how many do you expect me to get? Five, be great. Said, cool, I, maybe I can get five. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I'm like, God, where, Lord, where am I finding five people at? And he said, well, look in your phone. So I started gleaning through my phone. I'm like, man, I have contacts. So I started personally making calls to each pastor and friend, acquaintance, told them, I said, I want to, I want to see if you're interested in this. I'm going to have a breakfast before we knew it had like 60 people show up. Wow. That's amazing. It is amazing because I've never seen that happen before Wow. in my history of the gathering and the plurality. It wasn't right. just full gospel, mm -hmm. right? It was Baptist, Pentecostal, and the everything. Press, the press. It happened. It just, and it was like, wow. So at that point she gathered all the information and gave me contacts and how we could do that. So after we had that breakfast, um, we set a date for the Bayou pastors to go to Baton Rouge. And so I just put out a text and said, you guys want to meet with us? And uh, we probably had somewhere about probably 30 plus. And it was a horrendously terrible weather day. Wow. I mean, we walked to the Capitol with water to our ankle. Oh and there goodness. were people that couldn't find parking spots. So they just left. And uh, we had the potential of possibly having 40 to 50 pastors gather from the Bayou community in Baton Rouge. So at that moment, I was like, something's happened. So if this can work for me, or is it working for it? You know, since it seems to be working for me, let me go find my senator. <laughs> so I went find my senator. And, um, and I introduced myself and my wife. And we just chatted for a brief moment, like for the second time. Mm -hmm. I've met him before, but just reacquaint him yeah, right. with who I am. And um, and it was in that moment I said, Senator, I said, let me show you my daily post. Would you be interested in this? And he goes, you know. So we just I just stepped out there, and what was so cool is that when I got home that afternoon, I made sure that I I did what he, he says called me later on. So I did, and he answered the. I said, Senator, thank you. And so my journey began there. But previously, before that, when Brian Fontenot and mm -hmm. the other candidates were running for House, our representative, our mm -hmm. seat in, as a representative, you know, I I make a, a, I made a determination I was going to start asking. So I've got some things that I've come up with, but actually I didn't come up with them. It was from David Barton, 
I've sat down with, you know, with our, our parish presidents when they were running for office, the candidates and uh, our DAs. And we've had the honor of having them at least come and chat. And I said, you know, and, and it's been other public officials that I, I'd ask them the same questions for years. And in some cases, you know, and I'll tell you what they are, but they were like, they, these things will never I, they will never come up before me. Why are you asking me these questions? And I was like, because I want to know you and your heart. That's right. That's right. I said, because if I can know the human being, then I can know whether or not I can trust your vote. And so the questions that I've posed to them so far is, you know, what is your position on family tradition? You know, the structure of marriage. And just want to hear their What's your, what's your feeling on and what's your outlook on the public proclamation of the gospel? Super important. I want to know where you stand on that. I just want to know where your heart is like just on, on the life issue. Yes. Not yes. just abortion, but on life. Because I have a tendency to believe that there's um, terrible things that happen within the senior citizen realm. And it doesn't mean I have any proof. I just have questions. Yes, I agree there. And then now with COVID and vaccinations, you know, I want to know what your thoughts are on my civil liberties. Amen. And, um, you know, do you believe with Dr. Fauci believes is that uh, communal health is more important than my personal liberty. Civil liberties yes. has always liberated American people. Yes, we've continued to prosper through all of the hardship we've made and we've had freedom yeah and we're here because of it. that's right and that's nothing good or bad because my job is to befriend all of them and so at some point if i befriend you from the front side then i'm a friend to you while you're in office if you're in office sure. but even if you're not i'm still friends with a lot of people that i never knew before because i spent time with them yes. while they were running for office that's right so it puts you in a position where you actually are able to lend your influence. You said, what's your influence? My faith. And the greatest influence that all of us carry if we were believers is, you know, I share this. And it was this, I believe this was like totally prophetic yesterday as we were in our service and I was preaching the word and, and I was trying to ask this question because it kind of, it came out of the, the song, Mary, did you questioning her? the depth of what did you really know? And so it, was, it stirred within me like, so what do I really know? And um, it was just in this, this moment that I, I saw that Jesus was the greatest missionary that came from heaven to evangelize earth. Mm. And he lives in me. That's right. Amen. That's right. And he lives in you. And so isn't then the leader of the church asking us to do the same thing, evangelize, which is to lend my influence. Amen. So some kind of way, um, you know, my friends think that I'm deep into politics and I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm, I, I'm deep, but I have a heartbeat for our nation. Uh, for years in our early days, we would um, travel the, the world and go and do missions work. And, and I had a great time, but there's something about America that I love. And I can spend tons of money and have tons of people come with me, spend tons of money to go on trips. And I'm not a because the world needs right. it. Absolutely. But my country needs help. Definitely in a tumultuous time. Yeah. We are. Of 
but we were born for such a time as this. Amen. That's right. And the Christ that lives in you, who answers your questions, has the answers to the problems that we we face today. But it's going to be one person at a time. And so, how do we approach it? Well, if you begin to know your your representatives, your people that are representing you in local government, state government, federal government, just ask them if you can have a part of their life. So during the hurricanes, I had the opportunity to come into personal contact with our two senators for for our federal, the state side. Mm-hmm. Senator Kennedy was here at church, and I got to meet uh, Senator Cassidy with Pastor Steve Palmer. And in those moments, I pulled out my daily post. I said, you have a second? I mean, they were giving me their time. Sure. Mm. Yep. And I said, this, this thought was lend your influence. Right. I said, this is what I showed, I, I sent to my church today. What you think about this? So they stopped and they read it. I said, that's pretty cool. I said, is there a possibility that I can include you in my mailing list and have an opportunity to send you this every day? Because I'm going to tell you why. I said, I went to your website and I have no means to get to you personally to encourage you. You may need support. So if you would consider, I would just love to be able to speak into your life. And they both said, here's my number. You know, that's a biblical command that we should be praying for uh, our pastors and our Mm -hmm. state officials and our president and all of those things. And so that's, that's amazing. That's pretty, so that's kind of been my journey thus far. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And I, um, it's been a, really a delight only because the, the avenue opened, but it would have never opened if I wouldn't have engaged it. So how would you, if someone's sitting down today saying, I just don't have the courage, how, how do you advise them? How do they get the courage up to be able to speak out and lend influence? Well, I think in my personal life, I didn't have the courage as well. I was in one of those moments where I was stuck in fear and intimidation and feeling that I was, um, you know, incomplete, didn't have anything to say. But I, but I never lost sight of the word that was given to me that I had the ability to give. Inf- and I just hit it in my heart until it came up. So I would just say, you know, for everybody who's out there, it's like, don't be afraid of those who are leading you because most of us are intimidated because we think that they're lawyers, they're highly educated. Right. And so I don't live in that sphere. But the fact of the matter is they still put on their pants like we do. That's right. Put on their <laughs> shoes the same way. And they still have a heart that beats. They were created to come alive when they hear the word of God. I don't Amen. care who you are. You can That's be the right. deadest atheist in the world. But something happens when you are faced with life and Jesus is presented to you. Now, you may fight it, but you don't know what happens in the quiet moments of their home. Yes. And that's what we all have to depend upon. It's like what's happening behind the scenes that I don't see. I might get persecuted because you didn't like what I said, but I have to trust that the word I gave you is now affecting you when you're not in my presence. That's right. Amen. So that's how you have to go about it. And once you become... um, you're able to overcome that thing that I've always asked the Lord. It's like, I don't want to do what I'm not called to do. So what I find my hand to do, that's all I do. So when you get into the presence of a bunch of pastors, everybody has a calling and a gifting and anointing and a vision, and they know where they're heading and Mm -hmm. know where they're going. And if I compare myself to that, I don't feel adequate. I can't do all. So I take what I do have and I just run with it. And if that opens another door, and then I'll walk in it. And, and if God not, so much I just do what I'm, yes. what's at hand to do. 
So it's like at the end of when hurricane season comes, it's just how the process happened. But we, God sent me somebody to train me how to have a, an operation to distribute stuff to the community. Yeah, praise the Lord. And we learned. And before you knew it, we represent the parish. So now we represent the state. Now we represent the federal government. And they all know to come here. But it was what was in my hand. It was nothing I searched for. I didn't go beg for it. I didn't go kick a door open. It just showed up in my front door after Hurricane Goose. And then, and then here we are. So I would just say, you know, be courageous. How does the Bible apply to politics today? And does it talk about how we should vote as Christians? Well, I do. I do believe that the word of God is significant and should be applied into our government today. Um, one of the things I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring out. So if you need to keep me on track. Okay. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My wife says sometimes, boy, you go way out there. <laughs> Politics and government, though, we talk to them as being singular, but they're not. They're two different entities. Politics is really the science of government. It's really like the, the part of what you believe. Every platform, every, every party has a platform. So okay. they lay out their platform and they're going to fight for it. That's their politics. Okay. If that politics, those politicians get into power, then they affect the government. Because the government becomes like the system of the policy of the state or the country. Mm -hmm. So politics is very important for the voter to look at the politician with their politics because it's their belief system that's why you have to go back and ask questions like who are you as a human being because you're going to fight for something because of who you are like i'm going to stand up and defend the word of god because that's first who you of all, are i'm a believer exactly yeah it's not because i'm a preacher i'm a believer more importantly and so i'm going to stand up for what i've found to work for me and it's the word of god so sometimes we have to decipher a man's politics and knowing who he is because if he gets into power then he's going to affect the overall structure of everybody right his politics outside of government has no power but his politics in power it can have a huge effect on every yes. outcome. So the question is, does the, the Bible apply today to our government? I believe it does because history proves that the founding fathers, they, they, they lived and breathed the word. Yes. You know, we fail to, we, we talk about, and we, we may cover this about the separation of church and state, but in the very beginning, there was, there was no such thing. Lawmakers went to church in the Capitol. They sat in the, they sat on purpose under the word of God yes. in order to be instructed to know how to formulate policy. Yes. They would not, would not vote on anything that wasn't based out of truth. That was for the good of all. And we have lost truth. that. Oh we have God. majorly lost right. sight of that in our it's not even close. No, yeah. yeah. In our it's government and our politics. Truth. And yeah, everybody's yeah. got their own you do you, mm. you know. I haven't um, I haven't found this, but one of my, my friends who was leading expert in government said that in the early days that the ministers of the gospel would bring all of the politicians together. I remember politicians are people who believe stuff. 
Right. And they would minister to them until they were all converted. So that no matter who got elected. There was no lose. They were not going to lose because the fact of the matter is their heart was being stirred by the king of glory, not by a policy or powers of the earth. That is so cool. So the question is, does it have relevance? Yes. Listen, here's a, a, a statistic that the University of Houston put out that in roughly 15,000 writings of our founding fathers, the most quoted source, number one, was the word of God by 34%. Wow. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. The, the number one source. So why do you think things have changed and we've gotten so off course? Because put people in general believe that the word of God is a living, breathing entity. So it becomes what they need it to be. So we've taken the constitution and we've done the very same thing. We say it's a living, breathing, it's an Mm. entity and we can go wherever we want to go with it, but it's just not true. The word never changes it. If I don't allow the word to change me, right? because that's the purpose is to change me. It's not for me to change it, but religion changes it. It waters it down and makes it palatable so that we can digest it. Yeah. And well, I think we've lost original intent. Absolutely. We were talking about that um, earlier. And, you know, the Bible, just like the Constitution, there was original intent when it was written by the person it was written by or the people it was written by to the people it was written to in that time. in that time period if you don't know what they know and you don't have the that same background of information you totally lose what the true intent what the was. true intention of what they were trying to communicate well rick green tells us the beauty about our founding fathers is that all of their debate was recorded it's all yes written but nobody wants to spend the time to follow the heartbeat of the founding fathers. I think one of the beautiful things that I've learned recently that just moved my heart was that Michelle Bachman shared with um, an audience recently that she looked at the original pilgrims Mm -hmm. who made the original journey to the Newland was really a church plant. And I love that. That's amazing. I never saw that. Yeah. Because they... They had a vision of a culture that would live and breathe and reproduce the kingdom of God over and over. And then it would empower their children and their seed to come. And they were living for something bigger. And in the first winter, most of them died so that their children could walk on their backs to get to a better day. Yes. And listen, it was so strong. Their faith in God was so strong that 150 years later, when the documents of our government were written, their influence was in that documentation. Yes. Ah, it's incredible. I want to be like It's so that. exciting. Yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I want to be like that. I hope that 150 years from now, when, oh, you know, that my, what I believe for yes. is still being That's right. under the skin of That's my right. kids. Yes. Amen. Somebody said that one day, they said, America will never be in bondage, even though it looks like we're close to it. And she, he says, because freedom is right underneath the skin of every American. Talk about goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm so Yes. That's right. Yeah. We know nothing else but to be free. It's our DNA. Yeah. Can I read something to you? Sure. Absolutely. Noah Webster regarding this said, let it be impressed on your mind that God commands you to choose your rulers, just men who will rule in the fear of God. If the citizens neglect their duty and place unprincipled men in office, the government will soon be corrupted. If our government fails to secure public prosperity and happiness, it must be because the citizens neglected the divine commands and elected bad men to make and administer the laws. So what I hear is it's my fault when, when, when there's bad people in in power. Mm -hmm. And I say my, I mean, the citizens, the people, the, you know, when we have people who are doing things in our government who are not doing what they should be doing, Mm -hmm. then it is the responsibility of the people to hold them accountable and either vote them out or, um, or, you know, contact them, get them to, cause I mean, really they are representative, right. They are, they are a representative mm-hmm. government. So they represent the people. Right. And so we need to be contacting them. And back to why it's important to know them. You can't yes. hold them accountable if you don't know who they are. That's right. right. So to know them is to be able to then speak into their life and say, you began here where I trusted you. What influenced you now to come here? That looks completely different right. than when I first elected you. And then that may be in a moment of evangelism that they have to come to repentance. Because at some point, we don't know the evil powers that preside, yes, the principalities, right. the forces of darkness that rule over Baton Rouge, Absolutely. that rule over Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. There are massive forces of evil that have set camp up and 100%. until the church pulls it down breaks it down then men's men's hearts are blinded their eyes yeah. are blinded they think they're doing the will of god right. the, the the things that are happening in washington if you really get down to the heart of it mm. they really do believe they're doing the will of god yes you know come on look saul thought he was doing the will of god murdering their yeah. own church mm-hmm. until he had yes. a face-to-face encounter with jesus and then he came to repentance mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> We need a move of heaven. Yes. I think we're we're beginning to see it. Yes. This particular broadcast is a birth out of the events that have been happening in yes. our nation, correct? Yes, hundred percent. Absolutely. Right. So though I may have been in this arena for let's just say a little while, you ladies have now seen something that says, I have to get moving. Well, yes. welcome to the team. <laughs> Thank you. You know, we're, I mean, and we're all like newbies, <laughs> newborn babies. We be newbies together. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we're going to learn together and we're going to figure out how to do this thing. Isn't it just certain things that I'm, I'm learning to do? I'm like, I've never been to Washington yet. I say, do you think you'll go? Well, if it's in my hand to do, I will. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I like Baton Rouge. Yep. So, yeah, there's something there's something to be said about um, you know I think I think a lot of times we spend so much time and so much mental effort on what's happening well, the end way over there. Yeah. Um, when really what we have the most control over and what we have the most impact on and where we can lend our most most of our influence is here locally Absolutely. in our cities, um, you know, in our in our parish, mm-hmm. um, and in our state. Um, those are the places that we have the most influence, mm-hmm. but. We spend a lot of time worrying about 
Washington. Well, we have our in and outs every day. Like we, we're in, in, in Thibodeau, we're very fortunate. We have a mayor mm-hmm. and he has his, his staff. And then you have the parish president and his staff. And so in, in the city, we just have this unique moment because of, of the way our government is set up that we get to befriend these people if we choose to. Sure. And you can, you can be a thorn in the flesh if you want to. Or you can be an advocate, a friend, someone who's reaching out and wanted to, to embedder your community. Well, you're not going to embedder your community if you don't go through the proper channels. But if you hit the proper channels and you're walking in, in accord and agreement, it doesn't mean we, you may see everything eye to eye. But who cares? As long as the big picture is together and we're all striving together, then there's this, they know they can call on you. But if you're not in the arena, you're just somebody who lives in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That's right. So at some point we have to get out there and, you know, the spirit of God may lead some people to go to the school board meetings. Right. Well, that's where you need to be. Yeah. I haven't been to a school board meeting. doesn't mean I won't, but I haven't. It hasn't been the thing on my heart, but there have been people that go there. I celebrate them. Yeah. And they tell me what's going on. So at some point you just got to lend your influence, find out where heaven wants you and then just get involved. And then, if you do good and you're faithful with the little, <laughs> you're rewarded with more. That's right. <laughs> you know, I read a statistic recently that said from 96 to 2002, Christian voters were down 40%, which just, and that's an incredible number. I, it's hard to even fathom that, that, that much of a percent of Christians have not voted um, in that time frame, But what do you think about voting? You know, in today's times, we always think Republican, Democrats, my parents voted Republican, my parents voted Democrat. So that's what I'm going to vote. Do you think that that's happening a lot today? And should we vote like our parents voted? Where should we be driven with that? Well, I got started that way. I mean, everybody got started. You were brought up in a home of origin and you started off in a particular party and you just voted. I mean, at 19 years old, 18 years old, I didn't have any clue. So I just followed the, followed the train. Yeah. Then once I got married and got into the word of God and began to see the uniqueness of what what is really expected of the believer. If you're a believer and you feel like you can, you, now you have punched your ticket to go to heaven and that you have no responsibilities, you really don't understand Christianity, you know? Heaven is a destiny that we will go to, but we're called to bring that destiny into Here. this earth. Yes. I mean, you. most people pray that every day. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Yeah. Thy yeah. will be done in earth just like it is in heaven. So it should be the mandate of the believer to start looking around and saying, why doesn't my culture look like that? Why doesn't my neighborhood look like that? And then you get your faith out to figure out what do you need to do to bring that here? And even if it just starts off within your own yard, paint your house, wash it, wash your car, <laughs> do something and plant some flowers, make it look like heaven on earth. And then you breed it out. You try to develop an, a spirit of excellence within so that you can live it without. Yeah. And then that's contagious. Yes. It becomes contagious that somebody's like, well, I can't live next to that house. It looks too good. I better do something to mine. 
So it's a positive form of peer pressure. That's right. It is. And it doesn't have and it doesn't have to be nobody has to say anything to anyone. You just lead by example, but it has to begin within. Yeah. You know, Jesus has to cultivate the culture within. Yeah, the transformation comes, yeah, has to start with you on the inside before it before you can share it and before you can um lead other people to any kind of change. Well, set an example. Well, it becomes it's <laughs> it's just Leadership becomes an overflow when the leader's in charge. You you only do. Jesus says, I get results because I, I do what I see him do. Yes. Mm. I yeah. say what he says to me. So in other words, I'm in this relationship and I'm going to share with you exactly what's happening in my life. And if it's not by words, it's going to be by deeds. So I'm just going to live it out profoundly every day. So do I think that people start off that way? Yes. Should they change? Absolutely. And I think that the outcome is that we have to become more involved in knowing what what, what really are the platforms of the parties. Because that's their politics. And that's the government they want. So when they're obliviating on TV and they're telling you mm-hmm. what they believe and you say, well, they really don't believe that. Come on, people. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, they're telling you that they want a social nation. Yeah. Do you? I don't. I think the problem is, we talked about this earlier too, is that people don't, number one, people don't know what that means mm-hmm. um, because they haven't done their due diligence to figure out what that is. And number two, I think that language has changed over time. Mm-hmm. And so what what some words used to mean are not what they mean anymore. And so there's this confusion. And also, I mean, that's by design. That's the enemy who has you know, he, he's the father of confusion and the father of lies, and he's trying to confuse us. But I also think that as Christians, we have been so complacent and we have been so non, um, not, not, we don't, well, we don't want confrontation either. We want, you know, everything to be nice and peaceful, but we don't want to put forth the effort. We don't want to, uh, and this is obviously not for everyone, but we don't, generally speaking, want to like insert ourselves into things that seem like they're maybe controversial. Mm -hmm. And so we get, we get into this place where we are stuck in this, this complacency. Well, I don't want to create upheaval. And so I'm not going to do that, or I'm not going to speak into that, or I'm afraid, like you were talking about earlier, I'm afraid to speak into it. I'm afraid to get canceled. I'm afraid to be censored, you know, whatever. And so we just get there. It's so muddled. Everything is so muddled. We don't know what is what, what's up from down anymore. Um, and I think we just get, it just is a place of confusion ultimately. Well, I think, well, I'll just say out of my experience is that you, it appears that the federal government doesn't want the church relevant in the earth, even though they recognize us as the church, we are the, we're the, um, the final guard to the heartbeat of the nation. So how can we make you irrelevant? Well, we're going to tell you that you can't say stuff and you can't do stuff, or we're going to take your tax exemption away from you. And and so for generations, we've bought into the process that we can't. It's just not true. Because I think in the history of, if you study it out, I think that perhaps there was one church that was penalized for speaking out and they were stripped of their nonprofit status for 24 hours. So what happens is we fall prey to this this fear tactic. And it's really not the fear tactic of the government or the IRS. It's a fear tactic of an enemy that is out to plunder a nation. 
And uh, because when it's all said and done, we are the city set on the hillside. We are, I mean, there's no other nation in the world that promotes the kingdom of God and the love of Jesus throughout the earth than like America. You know, America can go to war with you and obliterate your nation and then turn around and rebuild it and give it back better to you. you know, yep. I mean, we're such a generous people. So when it just comes down to the to the bottom line, I mean, we have bought into a, a, a series of, of just mis, misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the, what the federal government fails to realize, and it happens after every hurricane or any storm, it's happening right now in Mayfield, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Sure, the federal government's there, and the only thing that they can hand to you is potentially maybe some money. But the boots on the ground are going to come with love and compassion and a hug and crying and right. rebuilding and doing the things that are necessary to put, you know, that those resources back to life. So I, where, where we have to get back to is understanding if you're going to live the life of a believer, it's impossible to silence me. Not that I want to be confrontational with you. I just want to win your heart. Yes. yes. And if I win your heart, then Christ will change your belief system and he'll lead you into the path of righteousness for his name's sake, that he may be glorified. So my responsibility and the responsibility of you two ladies and every believer is just the influence of one. I got to influence one. Then there'll be another one. But it'll gather numbers, but it's always the one. Yeah. So when I lend my influence to those that are in power, you know, they don't have to read my post. But I know sometimes they do because they respond to me. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, the delight that I take is not the fact that they're reading my post. Right. It's the fact they're reading my thoughts on the word. Yes. yes which has the opportunity to capture their heart and maybe steer their decisions today and tomorrow. Amen. So yeah. you, you, can't, you can't silence the lion because the roar is in them. So they just try to whip you into submission and put you in a cage. Hmm. And if you won't allow yourself to be, then you'll be like Jesus. You'll be courageous. Yeah. So who lives in you? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. So I, Raise your so, hand. Yeah. So I, right. I tell I, I share this. I mean, so who lives in you? The fearless one. The most favored one. Oh. The great one. The son of the most high. Yes. Amen. King Jesus. He has the answer for everything. He has the answer for my life personally. He has the answer for everything. If if the Lord would take care of our little bumps and bruises every day. It's just to indicate that he has the answers to everything. Yeah. He just doesn't deal with the big stuff. He deals with everything. But are we willing to embrace him enough to go after it? We're going to break this episode into multiple parts, so stay tuned for those. We're so glad you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with your friends. We will see you next time. Mm